Hello, all, and welcome to the newest episode of the Noobs and Knockouts podcast. I'm Austin. I'm a knockout. Watch a lot of wrestling. I'm David. I'm a noob. Haven't watched uh, nearly as much wrestling. Uh, and the first rule of Fight Club is you don't talk about Fight Club unless you're doing a podcast. Hey, because we are back in wrestling's greatest Fight Club or and weirdest, Lucha Underground. Uh, I think I think um, best and weirdest are the two like necessary adjectives for for lucha because yes to both, uh, extremely yes to both. Uh, I cannot mm-hmm. emphasize the amount of yes to both that this is. Yeah. So tonight we are covering the next two episodes of Lucha Underground, season one, episode seventeen and eighteen. We are cruising right along. We're at almost the halfway point of the season. The season only has 39 episodes. We are coming up on the halfway mark. Fun, fun. Yeah, so we'll start off with um, the one thing that we actually, that they pre-advertised is what was happening. Big Rick versus Sexy Star. Winner gets to fight the crew. Yeah, that one... I've been really interested to see how it plays out ever since like Dario manifested it on the show because that have, that one either way has some really interesting narrative possibilities. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, I'm not entirely sure which way it's going to go, so I'm really excited to, to see that one play out for multiple reasons. Yeah. Uh, it is all part of, of Dario's scheming of his plans to try to get rid of Big Rick and Sexy Star by just having Big Rick take her out, and then the crew will take Rick out. Yeah, basically, if if Dario Cueto comes to you and says he has a unique opportunity, run for the fucking hills. Yeah, you do be do not trust that at all. It it is bad. Yeah. Uh, Okay, so what happened uh, previously on Lucha Underground? Uh, As as we just mentioned, Dario Cueto is doing a scheming as he attempts to get rid of the people that he sees as freaks from his temple, even though he was like, this temple is open to everybody. That was apparently a fucking lie. I mean, to be fair, it is Dario Cueto. What the hell do you expect? true uh so he he had the crew hospitalize uh pimpinella escarlata and uh, masquerita sagrada but they could not finish the job on sexy star because big rick showed up and is like hey i would like revenge for that whole burning my eye out with a cigar thing yeah um dario for his for as maniacal as he is he's really not good at planning for contingencies i've noticed (laughs) No, no, he, he kind of, his plans always work, assuming that everything goes exactly as he thinks it's going to go. Yeah, you know, 60% of the time works every time or whatever. Yep. He, he, he's, it's, it's no Batman game, but I'm going to say that. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh, that is where they are. Um, life versus death is taking an interesting uh, love triangle angle as that it also involves lots of choking. Stuff. <laughs> Choking, licking, um, um, weird power plays in relationships, um, um, some some vague infidelities. Uh, we got it all, baby. It is it is it is the the sexiest that that uh that we've ever seen. This this the whole the forever conflict between life and death like i suppose it's no and phoenix are apparently fighting over katrina 
Um, yeah, which, again, I, I will say, slightly, like, confused and concerned on, like, why Phoenix is already into this because like when this first, when this first happened, um, Katrina shows up and she's like, you know, macking on Phoenix and Phoenix just seems to be like, okay, like, 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 I don't know what's going on. He didn't seem to be like super responsive to the thing. Right. So Mm -hmm. all of a sudden, like the fact that he's into it out of kind of nowhere is kind of wild, but you know, whatever. He thought it over, and he realized that 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 uh, sexy ghost powers lady is, is a good get. I suppose so. Um, I, well, I, I mean, I guess, plus, I guess plus, that's as, it. He weighed pros and cons, and was like stonks. Yeah. yeah, and and we all and like as we learned last time, he loves white knighting for women, and he and 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 he gets to white knight hard for Katrina. When Mil Muertes is going to be Mil Muertes about it. That's, you know what? That's very fair. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) When Mil Muertes is going to be Mil Muertes about it. Yeah, we already, we are, we've already discussed all of, all of his interesting, uh, uh, physics of how intro, how, how very interesting of the physical relationship Muertes and uh, Katrina have. The, uh, yeah, I, I, you know, you would think that, like, if if Katrina was formerly in for a penny and in for a pound on that relationship, like, she she wouldn't like she 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 wouldn't abandon him for somebody who's coated a lot more vanilla. But like, y- you know, I guess I guess we all got our preferences. I suppose. Uh, <laughs> God, this fucking thing. <laughs> yes, and fa- and it, it, isn't it great? This isn't the only romance angle going on on this show right now that makes me slightly uncomfortable. In fact, this is the one. Let's talk about the other one that makes me more uncomfortable, as the the saga of Evilee, son of Havoc, and Angelico continues. Oh my god! Wait, is Angelico like permanently like engaged in this now? Yes, this is the, this is the storyline now. Oh my god! Are we about to do like a weird? I like, I like where this. I like where the story goes, but we're at a part in the story. I'm not. I, I'm not. In, I'm not having fun in. Oh god! Are we about to do like some weird ass love triangle thing? I'm not gonna say what happens here. Uh, okay, fine. As I do, but yeah. Um, Son of Havoc continues to be demeaned and belittled by his girlfriend Evelise, and. Here comes on Helico, who is supposed to be a good guy, I think, but is also being a creeper at Ivalice in matches, that sh- and she's not into it. And so the only one person who comes out of this looking like a good guy is Son of Havoc. Just the ultimate irony for like how he started off, like he started off just being so terrible, the sexy star, and now he's just like a major simp to his girlfriend, and yes. being portrayed as like a complete like helpless soft boy just trying to his, like his first his first appearance was him being like I don't want to wrestle a woman at yeah. sexy star, and now and now here we are where he is the nicest per he actually comes off like a sympathetic character. <laughs> That's the power of Evilise being a huge bitch. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I'm still like kind of shook at the fact that like this is very evidently taking a turn for I'm gonna like empathize with Son of Havoc of all people. I I've had like a whole ass month to process this, and I'm still not quite like 
over it. Um, and I don't think I'm going to be over it for a long time just because when he first debuted, I was like just big yuck all around. So he gets so much better though. As, oh, as, as he, it's now be he's, so he's becoming the face. He's, he's, he's a fun underdog. I'm telling you. I, 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 this is one of those things I have to wonder like what the plan was because Lucha is a, a you know, again, clearly more like tightly scripted than, than someone like WWE is. Um, I, I have to I, wonder I like say more planned out, not they're equally scripted. But. Well, but like when I say tightly, I mean like everything's a bit more like everything at least feels a bit more like controlled. Like it doesn't feel, and maybe maybe this is the noob talking out of his ass, but it doesn't feel to me like they would do. Um, they they would have moments like what they had with Summer of Punk, where the heel all of a sudden just like has to turn face because he's way too popular. Like like it seems like that's not the sort of thing that Lucha Underground like kowtows to because it like doesn't need to but at the same time like it, it feels weird if it was like the plan all along that son of havoc was like gonna start off as this, like horrendous like cartoony heel and then just turn face because his girlfriend sucks i don't know if it was the plan with son of havoc but you you mentioned this concept of the heel just having to become faced which i say we'll get there uh, um oh okay I'm wondering what that could mean. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we have that. And I guess we can talk about the Lucha Underground champion, I guess, whatever. Uh, he, I mean, yeah, he's doing a thing with Cage as he continues to... Um, I lost... Uh, we were frozen there for a sec. No, I'm, I'm here. I'm just, I'm just very okay. stupid. <sighs> oh, yeah. Anyway, uh, we have uh, Cage insisting on on being lucha underground champion and prince puma really struggling to to put him away and not helped by the fact that his relationship with his uh with his uh his mentor conan doesn't seem to be getting better yeah conan's on some weird shit and i'm really wondering how this is going to turn out narratively um because on one hand it seems like oh yeah we're going to Go, we're gonna go real hard into some sort of like crazy Conan heel turn betrayal shit, um, but it seems like it's gonna be explosive to uh, to to play out no matter what. Yeah, and so Cage has a match uh, with with a date with Prince Puma sometime in the future, as he did beat Prince Puma, but not by Puma's choice. He did it when Conan threw in the towel for him. Yeah. Some because Cage was just trying to beat him to death. Yeah, bizarre, bizarre, bizarre. I, I, I'm, I'm just again. I don't know if this is gonna. It, I, I like this is clearly building up to Conan like pulling some shit. I just don't know if it's gonna be like some sort of like his hubris gets the better of him and like he's just he just goes way too overboard in his pursuit of like greatness through puma or it's some like orchestrated betrayal that he's been working on for fucking ever i don't, I don't know mm. again the show keeps you guessing yeah uh then we have uh cuerno in his his hunt taking on uh fighting johnny mundo presumably because mundo wears furs and, yeah yeah and it got so bad that they that they that they fight they fought all over the arena to the point they they were like they like crash each other through one of the production walls. Yeah. Um, one of the I'm, production gates. 
I'm I'm kind of surprised that like they're gonna be able to ostensibly keep getting away with like fighting each other when clearly their rivalry is so bad already that they're like willing to do property damage on the temple. Um, um, I know Dario likes his like blood sports and ratings and shit and really hates Johnny Mundo, but like I also feel like he likes his down payment and overhead enough to like not barely <laughs> eat it, you know. Hey, uh, well, we do have a follow-up to that on this episode that I think answers your question on, on what on what Dario's solution to this problem is. Oh, well, cool. Yeah. Good, good, good on this show for continuing to, like, follow through on consequences and narrative through lines. What a concept. What a concept. Like Thursdays. <laughs> anyway, uh, Pentagon Jr. continues to sacrifice all the jobbers that he can get a hold of, breaking <laughs> their arms in sacrifice to his dark master. I would think maybe his master would appreciate more powerful foes arms, but you know, who am I to doubt, to doubt Pentagon Jr.'s knowledge of, of the ancient evil arts or whatever, <laughs> whoever, whatever he's doing here. Yeah. Uh, his, his eternal master, whoever he may be, um, I guess just really wants those arm bones sacrificed in his name. I don't know. He is getting worse, though, because the last one, he not only broke his arm, he also put him through a table. Yeah, uh, as, apparently as, as, Pentagon as a, Jr. Is a, is a Buffalo Bills fan. Who knew? Hey! <laughs> that one's for all you sports ball lovers out there. <laughs> the sports ball. Um, What else happened? I mean, I know the one, I'm saving the one for last, so I'm trying to think of everything else before that. Um, I believe we are at the end. The last bit of, of uh, the Black Lotus saga. Oh yes. Of of where she found the thing in the cage, and she was like, "I've been trying. I've been hunting you my whole life because you killed my family." And then, help, lol, she was kidnapped. Yeah. Uh, some some dude in a mask. Um, although it doesn't seem like necessarily like it's a malicious dude. It seems more like a mm-hmm. tactical kidnapping because dude was like, dude was like, "Come with me if you want answers" or some shit like that. Um, so I'm pretty sure he said that. I'm pretty sure when he pulled her out of the trunk, he said that exactly. Yeah, I I, I did my best to remember, but yeah. So, uh, uh, if, if, you know, this turns out to be like a not evil guy, uh, you know, suddenly kidnapping, uh, kidnapping Black Lotus is, um, a way to go. Um, Look, there was, there was probably a way he could have done that. That's a little more, you know less of a felony crime but you know you gotta do what you gotta do this guy knew what show he was on there ain't no rules in yeah, the there's no laws but dario's law true it ain't illegal if the dario ain't around to catch you anyway hey, there's no cops around here even though there's apparently yeah, some the armed guards <laughs> armed okay yeah armed. yeah okay in heavy air quotes armed guards all oh, right and tahano and, and alberto el patron are still sh- th- uh swinging bull whips at each other because they're because they're as their feud from triple a continues um yes that's gonna be uh that's gonna be an, an ongoing saga uh we gotta get we got this is this is like their ploy of like drawing in the triple a crowds is like is like hey remember this you know that like you know that thing that's happening in mexico do you what if you watched it on TV more in a different? Yeah, way? 
Yeah. Hey, remember, um, remember when Dario and uh, and uh, or no, not Dario. Fuck, uh, Alberto and 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 fuck, dude's name. Tahano. Tahano. Jesus. When Dario and Tahano had a had a feud on AAA, I remember. <laughs> oh, and I forgot. I forgot. Is that Aerostar and Drago had their mat? They're suddenly in the best of five with, for the unique opportunity. That we oh, don't yeah, know about yeah. yet, but I'm sure we can trust whatever it is. Fight each other again for some reason. That's a classic. The, the best of five matches. It's one to one. And so they have three more matches to go. I mean, technically, they could have two more matches. But let's be honest. In a wrestling best of series, it always goes to the last match. It never, it never ends early. You mean you mean to tell me there there's uh, 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 narrative forces at work to make it as uh, gripping as possible? I hate to inform you that wrestling is not real. <laughs> <gasps> My entire uh, uh, life has been shattered by this sudden revelation. How could you do this to me? Sorry, not sorry. So that covers everything that has happened. That happened in where where we're at in Lucha Underground right now. Where we're going. And so if you want to watch uh, Lucha Underground season uh, one, episode 17, 18, along with the entirety of the show, you can watch it at Tubi.tv. It's like Netflix, but free in that it is set up like Netflix and has different content, of course, but also it's completely free. All you have to do is set up an account and it's free with ads. Uh, yeah, uh, highly recommend. It's good shit, and this is like one of the few things of ours that we do that you can watch totally free. Yep. Do it, by all means. Lucha's great, and following along with us is also great. Ah. Yes, it is. It's a very fun show. But yes, uh, we will now go watch uh, episode 17 18, and we're back for the back half. Yee. And we are back. Uh, we had just finished watching episodes 17 and 18 of Lucha Underground Season 1. Those were A War Started in Mexico and No Escape. Yeah. Um, really interesting batch of episodes for a couple of reasons. Um, a lot of straight-up storyline advancement. Um, uh, one thing conspicuously missing. Um, and um, some very, I think, interesting matches to talk about all around. Yeah, so where where do you, where do you want to start on this? Oh boy! I, well, fair, first of all, to be fair, if we went in order, we'd hit probably the most consistent story beat, like the biggest story thing to talk about. Um, with the I do Venus I, Muertes stuff, but where I do you will say start? before before we start off with that, I do want to give a quick shout out to what's missing in that. Okay. In just just from the from the get go, something that surprised me was we didn't really have uh we didn't have any black lotus uh bits in either of these episodes um they're really going for the for the hard tease on this thing and it's kind of yeah. killing me yeah after after a few, several weeks of this like consistent story progression on that they're they've taken two weeks off from it and i was yeah i was a little surprised to see nothing at well, all i was kind of expect i was kind of expecting even a little bit of an explanation of what's going on with her even just like something right where we see mm -hmm. like just a just like you know she walks from the car to some shady warehouse or some shit and it's like yeah i've been waiting for you but like nothing yeah. um, we get some hint of what what mr mystery man that i know the name of yeah. is is doing like well, what's, what he what why he why he he took her from the car but now we don't want to know anything what's really funny to me is like 
I started off like being really surprised at just how quickly the that storyline is progressing because that seems like big 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 um mm -hmm. some huge mystery to set up and i'm like damn they're just powering through like week after week and then they just straight up take two weeks off so after i finally started to get used to like the the weirdly like um the weirdly consistently uh quick pace of the progression of this story all of a sudden it just like just like decides to vibe out for a couple episodes maybe, maybe they also knew that we were we were put we were going fast here yeah yeah they're like they're like damn damn we can't let them have too much fun i mean that's got to be it right like mm -hmm. like they, they they they're tormenting us with this shit um so yeah so uh surprising lack of black lotus in this uh in both of these episodes so that's uh, that's real interesting yeah after such a major part of last week's uh our last episode's kind of uh kind of uh story beats it, like consistent story beats for two episodes it's nothing mm -hmm. it's very very odd to look at yeah but yeah so yes yeah, so let's so missing um so next up i mean yeah i we can kind of go in order of like even not even just matches but like arcs here because because the first big thing that kind of carries through is mil mortez versus phoenix is still a thing and oh, oh boy is it eating up it is, it is, it is, it's getting very serious now. Uh, I will so, say like all of a sudden, all of a sudden the, uh, all these like Austin, I just like fixating constantly on the, on like the, the kink relationship of, of, um, of, of Mill and, and Katrina all of a sudden, like that's just playing such a backseat to things are getting real, like real spicy. And that I'm, I'm very happy about it because while I'm not, uncomfortable with the with the kink with the with the with the ds stuff yeah in the sense in the same way that i'm uncomfortable with another thing we're going to talk about uh, i also feel ill-equipped to talk about it so it's yeah. like we're moving into territory that i'm much more comfortable talking about as an as an, in a, from an analytic point of view yeah well i mean i mean like there's not much to talk about there. It's just like surface level shit anyway. But like, mm -hmm. but re but regardless, it's it's just nice to have something else to fixate on with the storyline. Finally, yeah, um, yeah, thank God. Like, like, like we're, we're moving past the weird relationship drama that's going on. Which it was fun. It was diverting. I'm glad we have more substance now. Um, yes. So, so yeah, let's get back. Let's get back to murder. Which yeah, is what <laughs> the theme murder. of where of where we're going. So let's 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 backtrack to what happens. So yeah. We kind of open the episode 17 with Mil Muertes and Phoenix in a rematch. Uh, initially, Katrina is not there for either competitor. You know, it, it, it's very, it's a very solid match between Phoenix and Muertes. They have a, yeah. they have a nice chemistry and formula down for how they're going to work together. And yeah, I, we get to see more of that there. I will say this one wasn't the most exciting for me to watch. Something about it didn't feel like quite as engaging. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's just because like we've been here before. Um, that might be it, and they also might have known that, like, you know, it's that classic, like, we, it, this is more of the tea, like, the, like, this is more of the tease because of what's coming next. Yeah, um, but, it, but I mean, yeah, with all this history, it, it was nice to see, um, and they, they do a good job, you know, making it, making it work, even if I wasn't, like, mm -hmm. super gripped by it or anything. No, I, I would agree with that, too. And then, of course, Katrina shows up. And then Katrina arrives with her rock, and... She initially doesn't, and she, she, to her credit, she does not get involved in the match at all. Yeah. Like she um, shows up with the rock, but she otherwise stays out of it and lets it end where Muertes kind of just murks poor Phoenix. He yeah. does, he does a, he does a, a, um, a code breaker off the top rope and then hits him with the flatliner. Yeah. Mill finally catches a dub, which is nice. Um, although I made the comment to Austin, um, 
that I feel, and and, and we we'll, we'll kind of you know explore this more as we just continue to go down the rabbit hole of this arc. Um, it feels to me a lot like the monsterness of will of Mil Muertes has been like has been lessened um recently like he's lost a lot of matches first off because i remember early on he did feel like a legitimate threat now he feels a lot more vulnerable um like he got a he got a dub against Mm -hmm. phoenix but it didn't feel like a super impressive dub or a particularly like triumphant one well triumphant as you can get for a heel um um it didn't it, it felt it felt like yeah okay cool um he got he got the dub you know it was just they're evenly matched and whatever um and the way they show katrina starting to like stand up to stand up to him more and gain a certain psychological power over him he's becoming a lot more vulnerable and i think it's a really wow. interesting angle to take a monster character i've never really seen that done before mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's kind of interesting. Yeah, I agree. He he's showing more vulnerability. Well, I think also it's not really sacrificing his. I I personally don't think it's sacrificing his his viability as a threat. It feels more. It feels. It feels. I mean, a little bit, but it feels more like it adds dimensions to him more than it takes away from his strengths, which I think is an issue that you see in wrestling a lot with monster characters in that they struggle to transition out of being the unstoppable monster that can't that is just like roar i will crush you yeah it's true like they struggle to transition out of that storyline because that uh, you obviously can't do that forever and i feel like lucha underground is adding dimensions to mill without necessarily making him look completely ineffectual i can see that and i mean i can imagine that's why they gave him the dub here um mm-hmm. i guess for me what i imagine when it comes to mill like because because I t- I've talked a lot with Mill losing a lot of matches. It feels like waiting for the other shoe to drop, right? And this mm-hmm. still didn't feel like that other shoe dropping. It felt like, you know, okay, that happened. Um, for me, what that looks like is Mill just having this utter, like, monster rage-out moment. Um, he just hits a breaking point and just drives his opponent into the ground and maybe just literally fucking murders them. Like that's what that looks like it's to me. It doesn't thing look we like can do around here. Yeah, apparently that's something Austin's teased me is like, yeah, people are gonna actually die on this show, which is wild. Um, but oh, well, kayfabe die, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. But so so it's 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 I have this very specific image of what that looks like, um, and the fact that we're not there yet while getting the dimensions added um it is i i I am i am interested to see how those extra dimensions might add to that moment if it ever comes Mm -hmm. um because yeah i can't i can't comment on this you can i know i know i know i I already know when and when and if that happens so yeah well because because it, it, it is it is interesting to me and it is and it is effective let me let me add I don't say the he doesn't feel like a typical monster to me as a bad thing I kind of mm-hmm. like that this big old undead motherfucker is more vulnerable it feels like a um it feels like a cool like um au undertaker in a way where like there's a lot more substance to that character not not mm-hmm. to ch- undertaker at all um but no, his care i mean yeah no his character was very one-dimensional to start because that's what wrestling was at the time it's yeah not really a, it's not really a criticism of him particularly yeah and it's not like it ever got like super deep or anything at least not from what i've seen but 
either way, mm-hmm. like like Mill, it's it, it is it's just really interesting to me to see this character that's like built up almost as like Lucha's answer to the Undertaker get taken in admittedly a really interesting, wildly different direction. Um um, so what we needed was one of the other wrestlers to start macking on Paul Bearer. That's what you're saying. This that they needed. You know what? If we got if if we got like canon gay Paul Bearer, I don't even care about how like tropey and stereotypical that would be. Because like if you would think about Paul Paul Bearer like being made canon gay and like how that matches up to his mannerisms and shit it would be the most tropey stereotypical thing ever since he's so like flamboyant and the high-pitched voice and whatever i don't even care just getting like that in 80s wwf would be the greatest so thing i've ever seen ever that would that would have been wild but now of course anyway back no. back to uh Mill yeah and, and Katrina. so so even in this match that creates for this interesting dynamic where mill doesn't feel unstoppable he feels vulnerable he feels human he feels like he's not on his game um and it's because he's you know there's so there's there's something wrong in his life and is messing with him um and so it, it just it just makes for an for an interesting dynamic like yes on one hand it makes the match not as exciting because like human mill is a weird thing to see but it still kind of works and then we get um at the end of the match um katrina or he katrina comes up to the ring for some reason and mill is like lick the body and she's like no he flips her over the 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 top rope and tries to force her and then up pops up pops phoenix to start to start uh uh, attacking mill for daring to disrespect woman it it feels very it's a bit of it is a bit of a rehash of what happened with chavo and taken in a different direct in a slightly different direction to the end here of where uh, if he make when he drags uh katrina in she drops the 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 rock Yep. Which this episode reminded us what that rock means, and we'll get to, we'll get to that in a second. Yeah. And so Phoenix picks up the rock, clunks uh, Muertes in the head with it, and and not and takes him down. And then Katrina does the extra long lick. On, I know. Uh, it just it's like a body shot lick. Like she starts <laughs> down like down in his uh, down near his navel and licks all the way up to his face, and. <laughs> It's the super lick, and then she li- and then she kisses Phoenix right after doing that. I I, I did I did kind of have this thought um, while watching her body shot lick. Look at me, I'm the top now. Um, <laughs> I I had this thought of like, man, poor Katrina, like having to as part of her job lick the very sweaty bodies of dudes who just got like done fighting a wrestling match that doesn't feel great she's talking she's she's she, yeah and those are those were those are those are real licks by the of course as you as you'd expect she's like oh, the tongue makes direct contact yeah no, you can you can we're not tell. we're not faking the licking yeah you can tell there's some tactile shit there um mm-hmm. it's so it's so great um so yeah, so regardless of the sanitary implications, kisses Phoenix, you know, all is well. Um, and then do we get anything else with them until the next episode? I don't think so because I think both bit. I think both bits that they do that she has with Fe- with Phoenix and and um, Miller in episode eighteen. Yeah. So yes. yeah. So 
Yeah. So first she visits Phoenix and she's like, Mill's not, Mill is the man of a thousand. Yeah, like I, she makes more references to him being the man of a thousand lives. As, as I've referenced many times on this show, how supernatural you're supposed to think Phoenix is kind of varies, but it's, it never feels more literal that he's a Phoenix of some sort than when Katrina is involved. She plays him very literally like, he has a thousand magical lives. I mean, and... he's directly involved with a ghost and a zombie. What do you expect in, in yeah. order for him to play ball, right? That's fair. But <laughs> Katrina is like, Mill wants, will not stop until he has every single one of them. And she's like, there's only one way this is going to end. You need to bury him. <laughs> it's like, okay. Turn him wants- to the ground whence he came. She wants uh, her current boyfriend to murder her ex. Okay. <laughs> and then she ghost disappears while while Phoenix is contemplating, I guess, having to kill a man. I know. Again, again, um, um the 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 level of Phoenix just kind of like sometimes shrugging and going along with it is really funny to me if he's just like, Okay, guess I'm guess I'm doing this shit now. I guess um, this is I guess this is where my life is at. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, why not? Right? For 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 Katrina, sure, why not? She's hot. Yeah. Um, and then and then we get and then we get uh Mil Marquez in the bathroom. Probably my favorite um video package we've seen between these two episodes, I think. Um Yeah, that was it was a really fun video package where he's 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 angsting in the mm-hmm. mirror and then Katrina pops in. And is and and thanks. She gives us a nice little reminder of his backstory. Yeah, which David hasn't seen. I have, and I just told him about it. But we get a which reminder. I do and, it made things a little bit easier. Yeah, we were reminded that their backstory is that when when Mill was but a child, his entire town was destroyed in a in a vicious, powerful earthquake, and in the rubble, death came to him. And by death, she means her. And they have been chilling together ever since. So that's why she, that's why I call her the magic ghost lady. And I call <gasps> him basically an undead zombie person because he basically died. And as a child, as a child, when in the earthquake, I will say we do get a flashback the implication to like him. of it. We, we do, we do get a flashback to him as a child. And I love just like the very like quick and dirty makeup job they did on the kid to be like, this <laughs> child has just emerged from rubble. Like literally it's just like rectangular streaks. Like there's, there's yeah. one of like brown across one cheek. There's like some black or silver on his forehead. It's, it's very like it's And like, you know, they, they slightly put bags under his eyes. I think maybe. Oh, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Like it's just very, very like, like, yeah okay we, we we get it i if it's not high production value here whatever the, welcome to to watching anything made by rob rod we're um, just, just running we're just it's quick and quick and dirty here yeah come on come on yeah. we're burning daylight um yeah but uh but it is this great thing one thing i found really interesting about it um was at the very beginning um we see him like a, like adjusting his match mask like presumably putting it on after like washing his face or something um, mm-hmm. 
So it is interesting to me. And we do see, like, obviously, child him isn't wearing a mask. It'd be really funny if he emerged from the rubble fucking wearing the gold. <laughs> yeah, he has the mask as well. It's I would. Of, it's the mask of death. Like, it's... he wears the mask of death, and that's, like... No, it's it's it's, it's just a strong bad thing. It's his face. Um, yes. Uh, uh, but anyway, um, so that's kind of... I almost wonder if, like, between that and, you know, him readjusting... I wonder if those two are kind of meant to be, like, you know, parallel symbolism of, like, of there is still somebody under this, ma- under this like, mask that represents a monster. Um, mm-hmm. So it was this kind of cool touch of, like, oh, shit, yeah, there is, like, a dude under there. Um... And he looks the entire time Katrina is talking to him. He looks deeply troubled by it all. Mm-hmm. Um, he seems worried. Again, that vulnerability shining through is a really cool dimension to to see in his character that I do really appreciate. Yeah, and she's she kind of turns around a lot of his own like shtick on him, where she's like, "You need to beat Phoenix, or or death will come for you. A thousand deaths will come to you, Milmuertes." Yeah, and she explicitly names drops grave. There, there will be grave consequences. Uh. Which I'll go ahead and tell you what the match type, what that match is. <laughs> you could probably piece it together from context, but what it is is this is going to be a casket match. Yeah, I was gonna say, or at least like the the Lucha Underground Mil Muertes Phoenix rivalry equivalent of a casket match. Yes, uh, where the winner will bury the other in a casket. And in Lucha Underground, I probably will re- reference this again next time, but ne- in Lucha Underground lore, a cat putting someone in a casket is symbolically death. Like, oh, shit. You die. Like, you die <laughs> if you oh. go in a casket. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, so like, this is, is going to be intense. You know, it's this. We are, we are, we are jumping to death now. That's really interesting. I, I'm gonna. I, I. It, it is gonna be interesting to see how that narratively plays out because it could go either way, and I could see it working. I love how much I get to say that about this. Show. You know, like you know, Mil Muertes. What's one more death? He's already a thousand, and yeah, and Phoenix. He's got a thousand lives. He should be fine. Uh, oh, that's true. Yeah, I suppose like he'll pop three, back. He'll pop back out. Yeah, for either of them, like this. This isn't like this. This doesn't seem like it's going to be like a total permadeath sort of thing. Just yeah. you know, they maybe need to make, take an extended nap. You know, it's, I, yeah, I it's, it. you're, there's going to be a little death. We're just going to. It's going to be an uncomfortable a feeling for a little a bit. Treat. Yeah, a little death as a treat, you know. Yeah. Just, he's got to get through it, you know. But seriously, I do, I do really like um, now the finally the advancement of the narrative we're getting. I especially like too, like in the um, the 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 more the mill video package. For as much as you and I have memed about like his relationship with Katrina, the way it was framed and the way it was blocked it did finally give Katrina some sort of visual dominance over Mill. Um, Mm -hmm. He's hunched over. She's standing upright. Um, We see this great shot of her, like, tracing her fingers along his back, and it's almost... It it does feel very like she's in control. It's like, you know, she's the one on top uh, in this shot. Um, And just, like, the slow, controlled way she's moving her hand. It's It felt very well done visually and i really appreciated um what a well put together package that was and again immediately gone without a trace leaving mill alone with his thoughts 
Yeah. She just poofs. She she poofs out of existence. She's yeah. Like, after after weird. after. Go, go sorry. Go, go for. She it. weirdly never does this during in ring matches or anything, but hmm. I don't know why. But backstage, she loves poofing out of existence. She does. I am surprised when Mill got her in the chokehold, she didn't just poof out of that one. Um, but you know, whatever. I have, a, I have I have a story theory, but I think we need to move a little further deeper before I mention anything about that. That's fair. Um, yeah, the her corpor- her corporealness seems uh, seems weirdly inconsistent, but I'm sure there's like shit. If there's if, if you have a story reason, I'm sure that's gonna be part of it. Anyway, um, but but either way, yeah, uh, I really I am really looking forward to seeing like how this how the rest of this advances. So ye. Yep. I was very excited about next time because this is the yeah I remember Katri- Phoenix and Mil Muertes being very very well uh, acclaimed when it happened so uh, I'm very excited to get to talk about this next but that's for next time exciting so um the next arc would be Rick and Sexy Star is the yeah next I will say we we got a lot of like ep- episode seventeen. Um, was a lot seemed seemed to be a lot more video package than usual. Oh yeah, they were throwing out a lot of story stuff. Yeah, we only had like what episode. two or three matches in that one. We still only had three matches, but like they were filling in a lot of of stuff out at backstage as opposed to in the ring. Yeah, um, but yeah, so sexy star versus big Rick happens, um, and so we get a little reminder of what's of what's going on, and then we get to the match, um. And it's like a weird parallel almost to the to the um it starts off at least like a weird parallel to the to the Angelico um Evil East match we got last time. Um Yeah, I, I did that see that as well. Rick starts off being like, No, I I don't wanna like hurt you. Just get down, let me deal with the crew, please. And Sexy Star, of course, is like, No, fuck you, penis haver. Let me let me let me prove myself. I think I, th- I think it is a different. It is a thankfully a different dynamic of it is of on Hel- on Helico and Evelise has this has the weird dynamic of like on Helico wants to have sex with her, which <laughs> we'll get to that. We'll uh, uh, whereas big rick and sexy star it 100 feels like rick being like i if if i have to fight you i will destroy you and yes. i don't really want to do that so just yeah. let me win and we can move on but it of does course, that, mm-hmm. it does feel too like slightly disrespectful in a way like um like he doesn't see her as a particular like entity that needs to be uh, you know, given the in-ring respect, like he's just like, no, no, this is my business. Go away. He almost seems like annoyed with her, a little bit. But to be fair, the story of the match plays big into like their literal size differences. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> you know, at least with Evelise and Angelico, there's a lot. There's a they're a lot closer together in terms of size, mm-hmm. whereas like Rick is gigantic, is a big, big man. And Sexy Star is an average-sized athletic woman. So, like, the story is that, like, Rick is fucking big, man. I know. I mean, I will say I do appreciate. And so she can do uh, some stuff to Rick, but especially her usual offense, not doing nothing. I I mean, I will say, like, I do appreciate, again, as a parallel to to Angelico versus Sexy Star last – or even least last time – is that Rick does get baited into like attacking her back? Like he's like, "Fine, I, I don't got time for this." He's like, um, he's like, he's like "All right, I mean, like, you asked for this." 
Yeah. Um. I, I could. I appreciated that. I appreciated that it was both like tactical and emotional for him. Like he's like, all right, I just gotta end this. Sure. But he also does seem like pissed off that she's just like not quitting. Uh. There's this great moment where she where she slaps him and his head comes back and does that sort of like oh. You just made you know? a huge mistake for doing that. that. Yeah, and then Face. he like immediately. I'm pretty sure he immediately lifts her up for the uranagi that he's gonna slam her down. Yeah. Before he decides, like, you know what? No, I'm not gonna do it this way. But yeah, sexy star gets a nice burst of offense to kind of like show that she still is capable here. She does. Like, she even she even does get an attempted pinfall on Rick, uh, and I really liked yeah. it. The way he escapes, the, the way he escapes is not kicking out. He literally just throws her off. Oh yeah, he just, he just chucks her off, and he's like, "Okay." I love, I love getting to see little unique touches like that. Um, no. This was something I can't remember if it was during the big Rick fight. I noted this, or if it was during a different fight. I do really appreciate, and I've I've said this before, but I just want to highlight again. I really appreciate how unique. Um, how differentiated Lucha Underground can make everything feel. No two matches feel the same. Even like, um, even the most like, e even something like you know the 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 Phoenix Mil Muertes fight we just talked about that I didn't find like the most exciting thing in the world. It's still like you know Flippy Boy Phoenix versus versus you know big dude uh mil muertes and of course they they each bring their own thing to it flippy things always are just find really creative flippy boys always find creative ways of going about their fighting and it's always cool to watch uh you know bigger less adult dudes try to like find workarounds to that um so this is one of those things again they they play into the physicality well and keep everything feeling fresh none of this feels stale yeah I, I think Lucha Underground does a fantastic job of, of like playing with like understanding the physical sizes of everybody and like accentuating that in ways that make sense while also making it feel like anybody can win. Like. Absolutely. Well, I mean, I yeah. think that's part of why uh, it, it feels so unique is because it mm -hmm. does have that, like, everybody can win. It doesn't feel like everybody can win because it's just two dudes that feel kind of samey doing similar things to each other. It feels like anybody could win because the story's done well enough that, like, either outcome could, you know, could turn out well. Um, and because each guy is, is so – or each competitor is talented enough in ring – that you could see either of them being like physically justified in winning. Yeah. And, and it, and it's about, it, it all, it, it feels more closer to at legitimate athletic contests in some way yeah. of like this Matt, Rick and sexy star, I think plays this out the best of any of the episodes on the show of, on the, of these two episodes of like, like Rick's being just that much more massive. was <laughs> <laughs> a huge part of the match and, and is what the dynamic is about that like sexy star is smaller significantly so so she has to come up with different ways to take him down than she might otherwise do and she yeah. does that by att attacking the legs using her speed and and quick and 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 technical skill to bring him down whereas he doesn't he can just kind of like throw her around because he is that strong it, it, it is it is really i always get a huge kick out of like when the big old boys get hit and just don't react to it we got a few great mm -hmm. shots of that here i love watching rick get slapped across his chest and just be like 
Okay. <laughs> okay. Guess that's how we're gonna do this, huh? That's one of those things for me. That's like, as a small grace, will just not really ever get old. I don't think it's just a nice no. little like touch a lot of the time. Yeah. So it it ends with he goes for his big slam, the Uranagi, and then he decides Completely instead pinned. of doing instead of destroying oh. her, he decide he it's all it's like an act of almost mercy. Yeah. Where he instead just sets her down and physically holds her shoulders down for three. Yup. Which like which let me say, the the little character touches like that. I don't know how likely this is to happen. You obviously already know the answer. God, do I want to see a big Rick and Sexy Star tag team? Oh my God, do I want to see that? I mean, oh I my feel like that, I feel like there 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 are seeds planted for that thing to work because then we get to the the real story. I think it's after. Well, the yeah. Of, of here comes the crew to uh, fight him to try to. Uh, take out his other eye mm-hmm. and for a while there they have an advantage but sexy star even though even though rick beat her and was admittedly kind a little condescending to her during the match he she still was like no this ain't right this ain't cool three on one i'm fighting i'm fighting these guys yeah i mean i will and, say i, I feel like part of that I, I feel like there's a part of a dimension to that that's just sexy star being like hey no i want a piece of them give it get, 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 get over yeah. here Get over here, I'm fighting you. Uh, the crew is able to do what they do and overwhelm her with numbers. And well, then... she, she's, she stands up for herself pretty well. Like, uh, like they do definitely, like, kind of at the end of the day have the upper hand. But she does a really good job at, at holding her own for an impressive period of time. Yeah, she does. And I guess more importantly, she gives t- Rick time to recover. Okay, yeah. And once Rick arrives, and once Rick, and once Rick is in in the fight. Then he wrecks house on all of the crew. And all of a sudden they're not so tough anymore. Yep. Yeah. Um, they're they're all of a sudden just like, no, Bob, uh, uh I'm I'm out of here, they're baby. Like, you know what? You know, we'll, you know what? We'll get you next time. We're out of here. Yeah, yeah. Uh not so tough anymore, are you? Uh he also pulls off his eye patch to show that this is serious business, TM. Um and which is need, a, and he and he acts like he doesn't need the eye patch, even though he's uh, he still acts like his eyes hurt. Yeah, I don't So totally, he clearly still needs the eye patch, but yeah. yeah, I don't totally get that, but like you know what? He's in a rage. I'll forgive We're doing it. some some chest beating here stuff yeah, here. You know, like yeah, trying to show how tough he macho tough he is. You don't need that eye patch when you definitely still need the eye patch. <laughs> absolutely <laughs> um so yeah so, so that so that goes down i can't wait to see how that plays out yeah and then we get uh the main event of our first episode tejano versus alberto el patron uh it start and it kind of starts at the very ep- start of episode 17 when alberto is in the office and yeah and dario he- is and dario he's like i want tejano and dario's like oh no okay what what if what if I put you with Ricky Mandel? <laughs> Got a, and he's like no, Tejano. And he's like well, I forget who he offers who he offers. Oh, famous a B. He offers same as famous B. Poor famous Wait, B. Yeah, what, arm what, should still be broken. They both didn't Ricky Mandel also face down against uh, against against uh, Pentagon Junior? I think so. <laughs> yeah. Why is he offering the broken arm dudes to Alberto? Got to give him the easy dubs. <laughs> Yeah, I like. I almost wonder, like, that has to be Dario fucking with him, right? Like, like you don't list off those two people who are currently like out on medical leave for no reason. Like it does. It does have this sense of like he wants Alberto to be mad. Uh, 
it because of how because of how long he fights him on it. And he's like, no, Tejano. And he's like, fine, fine, you can fight Tejano, but give it a week or two. You know, I gotta promote the match here. And he's like, no, Tejano tonight. <laughs> and he literally throws everything off of Dario's desk. <laughs> Dario's I like, fine, fine, fine. <laughs> um yeah he uh he gets he gets really he gets really mad about it and dario's like okay okay fine whatever uh i i think that is a good idea all of a sudden tahano versus alberto doesn't sound all that bad to me well you know what after after some further consideration (laughs) i I like the idea yeah um and alberto leaves and whatever um and we get we get a nice recap of like again this is a long standing feud of theirs. Not only is it not only is it between them, it was between their fathers too. Um, it's a it's a whole thing. Um, yeah, and then we we have the match, and it's it's, it's I, I I liked it. it they're, they're, they show oh, I think yeah. there's they I think they do a good job of showing this kind of like we literally hate each other. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's, it's, it. it's, it's, I mean, that, that's one of those matches that like just the main adjective I would go to just, uh, describe it the entire way through is intensity. Um, mm-hmm. they're definitely locked in the entire time and are trying, uh, it seems like it, it, they, they do a good job of portraying like these are two guys who are really trying to hurt each other. They do yeah. not like, each other like this is here. like, we're not doing, it's, it's not just like, uh, we're competing in a fight in a, in a, in a, in a match against each other. So there's some level of like harm yeah. that will happen, but we're still respectful. Like, nah, they're like, nah, fuck, fuck this guy. I'm a yeah. hurt. Him. Yeah, exactly. Um, no. which is, which is cool to see. Yeah. And, um, as as David mentioned, they do a good package to kind of like give Alberto's history. I laugh that like he still talks about his time in WWE, but they phrase it as being in the US and they show no footage from his time in WWE, even when he's talking about that. Yeah, it's I like, know. Like I get why, because they don't own and they don't own the rights to show any of that footage. But it's just really funny that like even when they're talking about WWE, they're just showing stuff from AAA. Yeah. Look, look, we gotta we gotta have our workarounds. All right, money's tight yeah. around here. Um, yeah. Uh, did did we also get the 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 Puma promo before before the match? I kind of wanted to talk about that as a separate thing because it's okay. more Puma's arc than than, than uh than uh Alberto and Tejano. Yeah. But Alberto and Tejano, they have the match and it and eventually it ends with uh Tejano brings the bull rope into it. He does that he does a very classic heel shtick of like he he oh, takes yeah. the he he takes the 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 um the corner pad turnbuckle pad off in front of the referee and the referee's like, Hey man, what what are you doing? You can't do that. <laughs> And he's like, okay, okay. And so oh, while the referee man. is taking the time to t- to put the turnbuckle pad back on, Tejano grabs his bull rope and then starts hitting Alberto with it. <laughs> but this, but eventually this get leads to Alberto getting an opportunity to fight back. But now the bull rope is just lying around now. And he's like, I'm going to hit him with it. And the rest like, don't you do it. And he's like, I'm going to do it. And then Alberto does it, and which means Tejano wins by DQ. But 
Alberto beats the piss out of him with that. Yeah. And, and, and let me emphasize too, because I this is something I like noticed like while watching. The, he, he ain't faking those hits. He is actually hitting this dude like IRL with a bull rope. And like you could see there's a there's like a two second close up on him. And like and like Dahano legitimately has like marks on him from where from where Del or Al Patron hit him. Like like Yeah, like like the way they do it is they are they he, he he whips the rope and he's technically like the end of the rope is hitting in front Four. of where Tahano is, but the body of the rope is still hitting Tahano. Honestly, with something like that, it doesn't marks. it doesn't matter though. It's not like a traditional no, whip where like we're like the the whole point is like the t- the tip of it reaches the, the speed of sound or whatever. That's not this. Like no matter what part of that thick thing you're hitting him with, it's gonna freaking hurt. Um, oh yeah. Um, so like, I just, just again, the, I, I love taking some time every now and then to just marvel at the like physical, uh, degradation that these, that these fighters will put themselves through in the name of this entertainment, like legitimately just, they will torture themselves sometimes and like their, their ability to withstand, I mean, it, healthcare and everything in the wrestling industry as a whole, uh, that's a uh, whole, uh, got, got a whole can of worm, um, but like the resilience here, for as much as there is a lot of like yuck about what they're made to endure and how it's responded to, God, sometimes it is just really impressive what these guys are willing to endure for their craft. And this is one of those things where I'm where each hit, I'm just like, ow, ow, ow. Yeah, no, and that's that's what Tahano was feeling as well. Ow, yeah, ow, IRL, ow. actually. And so it kind of is Del Re- is Alberto El Patron. He stands tall, um, but uh, Tejano may have got the W, but, you know, he I don't think he was the real winner here. Yeah, um, the, it was, uh, it, he he definitely lost. I mean, that was immediately like um, like as soon as as soon as the match ended, I'm like, OK, yeah, Q, Q Del Patron. Uh, or, or wait, no, well, obviously the match ended with the DQ, but like, as soon as the bull rope went down, you see, you're, you're like, oh yeah, we know where this is going. Like, yeah. as a, as one of my high school teachers once put it, a win is a win, but a psychological loss is a psychological loss. Yeah. This is, <laughs> and this was a psychological loss. Yeah. And this is definitely a psychological loss. Uh, so something you, you, you talking about the heel tactic earlier, uh, that was something I kind of was thinking about while we were watching is, um, he uh, uh Tejano undoes the turnbuckle um <laughs> it was really i i remember noticing that the ref saw it and i was like um i was like oh hey that's really refreshing because i've seen multiple matches in a row where someone undoes it and the ref doesn't see and like it takes a comical amount of time for the ref to notice it if he if he even does yeah um, even though even though you're missing a turnbuckle pad yeah <laughs> even yeah. a cursory glance at the, at the at the ropes is gonna show it that it's missing you know basic pattern recognition right um yeah. but but regardless um I was, I was for a second. I was like, man, it's really refreshing to see that the refs are actually catching this. That's so great. And then mm. the ref starts putting the turnbuckle pad back on. I was like, oh god, damn it! <laughs> oh <laughs> it was, no! It was, a, it was all part of a longer plan. <laughs> Good grief! I've been hornswoggled. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. So it was, it was fun overall. Um. Uh. Al Patron. I keep wanting to say Del Rio. Uh. Al Patron. I, I try to be accurate to the to 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 the to where we are. Um. Yeah. Uh, Al Patron. Use their current names. Continues to be a fun anti-hero. Uh. 
uh, slash edgy face sort of guy um, who I really get a kick out of. So, mm-hmm. yay. So that was the main event of um, of episode 17. But uh, there is one more thing that happens in 17 that I think is worth mentioning before we move on to the stuff that most was mostly in 18 is, is we had a little bit of stuff with Puma and Conan. More of oh, Conan, God. weirdly enough. Where, yeah, we uh, get... We get- not one, but two video packages promoting Across Conan. two episodes. Yeah, like, seriously. Where Conan gets the badass, the badass video package where he's he's standing in the warehouse and it's pouring rain. Le- Patch the roof or something, or close the windows, or yeah. like it's it's flooding the warehouse. Mm-hmm. But he's standing there stoically, just just preparing to kick some ass and they have like corny phrases pop up on screen and that I don't even, I didn't write down, but I wish I had because they were, they were, they were pretty, they were pretty silly. And here's the thing. I was kind of into it. (laughs) I I, kind of was too, but I was like, I I, I should have written these down to make fun of them later. But yeah, it's, and it had, it ends with the stinger of Conan revenge is coming. Yeah, and then the which, second one, the second one is the more of the first, but then it also shows him like welding a new cane because he broke. Yeah. They show him he broke his last one on the back of cage, and so he welds a new cane because I guess he's just that good with metal works. And he like stands there with a bunch of like randos, uh, as, 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 as you do by the way in a Lucha Underground video package, very par for the course. Yeah, I forgot to mention that in Del- in El Patron's video package, he also beats up some rant that tells his history. He also beats up some randos in a dojo. <laughs> yeah, in they're, a they're just some sort. <laughs> for some reason, they just really like that trope. No, they love it, and it's only going to get sillier in my book of, yeah! how, of, of the contexts of which this happens in this. But anyway, so Conan just stand there. I kind of expected him to start beating people's asses, but he doesn't. And so that that is we get Conan's like intense video packs as if the story is about him now. I mean, I can I I, I don't hate that. Like, it mm. does feel cool to have like some sort of like Conan villain mode tease. Um, uh, after all this shit, where like it's just been this slow buildup of like, man, he treats Puma really weird. Mm. Like, like that's something I noticed from the first uh from the first episode of this we watched was like how hard he pushes puma and ring and at first i was like you know this could be like this he's he's like actually a problem or it could just be like you know he's just really pushing puma like like i saw it more of like you know if they do something with this it's gonna be like you know the coach is a toxic influence just because he's like trying to live his life vicariously through puma is you know whatever he needs to learn his lesson but now it's like no he's kind of going like kind of super villain mode like like that that cane welding sequence <laughs> God, that cane welding sequence felt like it came out of like a fucking Marvel movie. Like, like you know what? You you know you know you know this you know the you know the sequence I'm talking about. The, yeah, like the, when the, Iron the, Man's the in the cave. Like, well, the the character is like at their lowest. They've been beaten down, and then they had their big like soul searching moment. Yeah, uh, and then they realize like, I do want to be in this fight, and then they go and construct like the ultimate version of their suit or their weapon or whatever. Yeah. this was that. Just minus all that. like the all the like 
uh, character centric uh, build up up to this point. We haven't seen yeah. like Conan doing that, like you know, soul searching or whatever. But for the most part, it was like it was just that. It was great. I mean, he was clearly soul searching in the flooding warehouse mm-hmm. when he was just standing there. Uh, so that happens. We also get in episode seventeen. We also get a video package with Puma, where old old Puma is punching a, he- a heavy bag, mm-hmm. as he do. As and then El, Pat- El Patron shows up and it's kind of like, hey, kid. And he's like, you should watch my match tonight and see my aggression because you're going to need to step up if you're going to want to be if you beat to keep that title to beat Cage. And then he threatens him with like, if you beat Cage, I'm next. Yeah. I mean, like, I get it. Like, like if on one hand, it was like a slight letdown because like up till now, like. Al Patron's been like this unequivocal baby face for me here of like of like yeah he's got some aggro issues but uh, but on the whole like it's so cool to just see him here and treat him with so much more respect and I've gone on about this before but here he's like now being a dick to Puma and like at first I was like no no I want to like you but also taking a second to think about it like it makes sense for the character they built up for him he is aggressive and he does like he does really want the things that he wants and uh he does still have that like ego that that slight heelish ego on him and like you know he he understands what a kind of icon he is around here and he yeah. obviously feels to it so like it works and i can and i was able to pretty pretty quickly roll into accepting him as more of like a slightly like you know a bit a bit more of a dickish anti-hero sort of figure yeah that's where he's at so moving into these ep- matches of episode 18 we start with pentagon jr making another sacrifice to his dark master true be in a match with our Hennis, but it was a a much more competitive match than what we've seen so far oh yeah that was that was really interesting is that is that our Hennis actually put up a fight <laughs> and actually like and I- actually like actually touched uh touched pentagon jr rather than just like pentagon spends 30 seconds being dominant and then breaks the motherfucker's arm <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I I think it makes sense in that Arhenis is still kind of a jobber and that I don't think he's ever won a match. But he's always been portrayed as more like competitive and skilled than what his win-loss record might might imply. And certainly at a higher level than like the schlubs that Pentagon has beaten up so far of Ricky Mandel, Famous B, and Vinny Massaro. But like so, but like even then, like Oh well, maybe it wasn't. Maybe Ricky Mandel wasn't someone that Pentagon faced off against. Now that you said that, because I thought because I just remembered like one dude with a normie name. Um, see, I, was, I remember. I know it's Vinny Massaro because that was the last one, and then I'm pretty sure it's. I think it's Man Ricky and Famous B. But let me look. Go back. Let me briefly go back here. Let's see. I, Ricky Mandel versus Pentagon Junior. Oh uh, no. Okay. Yeah. It, it, it's just those. Oh yeah, he did beat Mandel. Yeah, it has been Ricky. Which around 2015. Okay. Ricky cool. Massaro. Yep. Uh, this is yet another squash for Pentagon, whatever. Um, yeah, no, I mean, I mean, we, I've, I've talked before. I, I, I talked, I talked, uh, I think maybe it was even last time about how a lot of the time Lucha like tricks you into thinking jobbers aren't actually jobbers, which is cool. Um, so we've already gone over that. Um, but kind of the observation I made while we were watching, um, that I'm not entirely sure, like if, if I feel like this is the totally correct take to have, but like, it was something that came to mind is like, it was kind of cool, at least like uh, uh, in terms of like having a compelling match. Um, after two weeks of establishing Pentagon as like a total threat, like yeah, he can just kick someone's ass and whatever, like just break their arm. Um, to have an actually somewhat competitive match, 
it was nice. It was a nice change of pace. It doesn't just feel like every single week we're going to do Pentagon being dominant for 30 seconds and breaking the arm. Yeah, he's still very yeah. at the end. He still ends up dominant, but it takes a little longer this time. And like on yeah. one hand, on a story level, that doesn't make total sense because Pentagon's supposed to be like this like crazy super villain who who like can't be touched. And so the fact that he actually gets knocked around a little bit here feels a little like on one hand story inconsistent. But like from a, from an athletic standpoint, it is nice to see a slightly more competitive match with pentagon mm -hmm. and i and i think it, i think it makes our Hennis look better in being oh, like the first guy in a while since since this new run of of pentagon jr to like make him sweat a little bit well i mean that's that's something that's almost like a theme i feel like we've accidentally stumbled upon for these two episodes is like just how much a win or loss can affect somebody's uh perceived power level um mm -hmm. I mean, again, we talked about Milmuertes versus Phoenix and how all of a sudden, even with the dub that he got, Mill feels a lot more human, a lot more vulnerable. That power level has been diminished doesn't feel the right word because that feels like dismissive, but it's been it's been brought down a couple pegs. Um, mm -hmm. Same with um, same here. Um, Pentagon doesn't really lose power level here. He still does the thing and it's still like always scary to see somebody's arm get fake broken by him. Um but Arhen is holding his own against Pentagon Jr. All of a sudden, like by default, just raises Arhenis' power level because, like, yeah. oh my God, he actually like stood somewhat of a chance against Pentagon Jr. At least more than his previous compatriots. More than the feet. More important. More he did better than the last few guys who tried. Yeah, exactly. Um, but don't. But don't worry. Uh, arm broken arms came for him in the end. Yeah, true. And it, it no, no tables this time, unfortunately. No, I didn't need the table. It, it all kind of fell apart when he did uh, when he tried to do a a springboard thingamadoo, and our and uh, Pentagon just straight up drop kicked him in the chest while he mid mid air, uh, and then from there it was the he does the he does the ch open hand chop to the chest, mm -hmm. and then he hit him with the the package pile driver, and then he puts him in the arm bar, and and Arhenis gives up, but oh no. <laughs> Like I'm still gonna break your arm, yeah. Even though you already submitted. Well, yeah, of course. Like, like he can't just go with without breaking the arm. Come on now. Mm -hmm. Um. So yeah. So so we have we 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 did that, and the master has yet uh, has yet has had yet another femur sacrifice to him or whatever. Um. I don't know bones. Um. Uh. Femur's a leg bone, isn't it? I don't fucking. It is femur. Oh, femur. Wow. Femur's like the biggest bone in the leg. Wow. David just chugged his dumb bitch juice today. Beautiful. Amazing. Um, anyway. Uh. Any. Anywho. Uh. So. So. Yeah. We did that. More. 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 More bone for bone. God. Uh. And then. And then. Yeah. And evil east and 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 uh and our Hen or Angelica. Let's do it. Okay. So this technically started in 17 where yeah. they were in, in Dario's office and Eva Lise is pitching her case to be to, for a shot at the title off the back of one win over on Helico. Who like hasn't said, that, really that, picked that up that many wins. Blown the and, hell up. And Dario is not buying this shit at all. He he's like, no, not really. And he even he even like mess like jokes on her catchphrase when she's like, I'm the baddest bitch in the building. He's like, Yeah, yeah, I know. I know you, I know your thing. 
I, I love that trait about Dario is when like wrestlers try to use their like catchphrase on him. He's like, yes, yes, I know. Yeah, he's like, he's like, he's like, he's God. I'm the, I'm the one who hired you. You think we haven't been over this a zillion times? I, I know this already, but so he he's like, look, last time you guys had a match, last time you and Angelico had a match. Excuse me, Angelico. I have to yeah. use. I should use. I should use how Dario says it. Yeah, why well, that that bothered me. The uh, David completely ignored my Angelico cats thing uh, that I said during the show. I I not gonna lie, I missed it, and I hate that you made that joke. Now that I know you made it, yeah. Oh my god! I I, I, I spent a lot of time trying to think of other lyrics from that song that I've uh, mostly bleached from my brain. Because Angelico's do Angelico's can. What is a Angelico cat? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, God. So so Dario is like, come on, man. You, there was a bunch of shit going down in that match. Barely legitimate as a win. Mm. So his solution to how are we gonna stop son of havoc, or as he says it, he ho day havoc. Yeah, oh my, why? That's, that's what I was thinking of is that he offered havoc to El Patron. And he didn't call him Son of Havoc. He gave them, he called him Heho de Havoc, which is technically still accurate, but not how Son of Havoc technically go. He uses English, not Spanish. And also, like, that out. pronunciation is really fucked up. Um, mm-hmm. That was like, the, like, like, Heho? I'm sorry. Heho? No, that's how that's pronounced. No, it's H-I-J-O, Heho. It's Eho, dude. Hmm? It's Eho. It's you don't pronounce the H as Eho. Come back to this. My friend, I was in AP Spanish. It's Eho. And I took four years of Spanish. You said Heho? Now I need to go look into this some more, how this is pronounced in wrestling. I'm pretty sure in wrestling they say Heho. Oh, well, okay, in wrestling, sure. That's 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 a different matter, but like, but I've all I've never heard Heho before, so I'm like, what the fuck? They need to bring in instead of making everyone junior on this show, they need to give someone that first that pronunciation of their name, so we can settle this. Junior, yeah. Anyway, so he 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 his recommendation for what to do with Son of Havoc is just put him in the match. And that Son of Havoc will be the special guest referee. <laughs> and then on Helico yeah, is... versus Evilise. Oh boy. Okay. okay. So I told Dave I'm, I'm I told David when we watched it's better and worse than the last time. And I that... agreed. And I'm going to assume, even though we didn't discuss it all that much, that we're agreeing for the same for like the same reasons. Well, I'll say my reasons why, and you can you can agree or disagree. So it's better in that there is more actual in-ring action. Mm-hmm. Angelico seems to do more wrestling stuff yeah, with Evilise. Like it is not as much dumb bullshit. Yeah. However, it's worse because when there is dumb bullshit, it feels grosser, even grosser than before. You took the words right the fuck out of my mouth, dude. Let me tell you. Yeah. It- so let's let's run through the dumb shit. So the first 
thing he does is he is he grabs her hand and kisses it. And I was like, oh god. Uh, and then for a while, they tricked me into thinking this was going to be a real match because they go a really long time without doing any more dumb nonsense. Like I was kind of afraid when he put he grabbed her in like the back belly to back position where he is he his back is put his front is pushing into her back. I was afraid they were gonna do stuff with that, and they didn't. And I was yes. like, oh my god, is this gonna be a real match? <laughs> and then they start pinning. Okay, so <laughs> they, I will say that throughout the match is sprinkled in that like. Son of Havoc blatantly cheats to protect Ivelisse from getting hurt. I didn't mind that. I yeah. that's about what I expected it to be. I mean, it's so but, weird but, to see him like still simping for her, but like whatever. Yeah, I, I it's not it's what I expect from Son of Havoc. <laughs> and Ivelisse didn't wasn't complaining. <laughs> she'll take the she'll take the freebies when she gets them. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, and so and so anyway. So they go through this whole pinning combination shtick. And um, eventually it ends with um, her in, I don't really, I can't really tell you what the technical name is, but it's basically, she is sitting on his chest, on, on Helico's chest, almost face. Mm -hmm. She pins him. He kicks out. As she's, as she's trying to stand up to do something else, he grabs her by the thighs and pushes her her crotch back down onto him. And I'm like, oh God, okay. This is what we're doing now. Huh? And then he ends up turning her pin around and it almost looks... I don't know what it looks like because they cut away, because the camera cut away. Yeah. From the reaction to the crowd, you can kind of guess it was something sexual. Because the, to be clear, the crowd is having fun with this and in a comedy way. Like they take every they take all this as like, ha ha, let's laugh at sex position. Yeah. Um, so I can't say what he did, but he did something because the crowd reacted to it. And Son of Havoc had his had that look on face of like, how dare you? But whatever yeah. it was, the editors didn't think it was okay to air. So. Yeah. We continue on, uh, and I don't, I don't remember if they did anything else stupid. Um, not coming to mind. But then the mat. But then we get to the end of the match and how it ends. Um, uh, eventually, Son of Havoc's bullshit pisses off e and Helico, and he tries to super kick um, uh, Son of Havoc, but Son of Havoc ducks and he hits Evilise instead naturally and so, at, and so at first he's kind of like wait what i wasn't trying to do that but then he sees an opportunity and then he crawls on top of her like a sex position yep and it's explicitly played that way because son of havoc quick counts three so that he has an excuse to push on helico off of evilies seriously it's, and yep. that's the explicit story of what that moment was. And yeah. Doesn't feel great. No, I I complained about enough of this last time. 
Yeah, it's the I, same stuff. It's the same goddamn problem in that it feels weird and uncomfortable, and it doesn't even fit the story in a way that makes sense to me. Because Evelise has been the most consistent bad guy of this story, and yet she is also being played for sympathy because Angelico is the creepy pervert, and it's played for laughs to the audience. So yeah, like the like, audience no. finds it charming. Like why? No. <laughs> oh it's... god, this yeah, this this shit's really uncomfy to watch. We we bitched mm -hmm. about it enough last week, but it just it just continues to be that, and it feels squicky and like this is like this one like really sore like really uncomfy, unpleasant thing in the middle of all this stuff that I really enjoy. Um, mm -hmm. and like it also too like I get it, I get what they're going for, but like. Every single match now ending with, like, some very stupid, like, contrived reason for Ivelisse to start bitching out uh, Son of Havoc again. Like, every single time, it's always, like, it seems like it's going to be okay. And then, like, one thing happens, and it's, like, usually, like, Ivelisse's fault or, like, not, not like, totally mm -hmm. the fault of, like, Havoc or whatever. And... It always just ends with like Evelise being like, "What the hell? What the hell, bro? Why aren't you? Why aren't you winning? Why?" Are it's it's just the same thing again. It's like, but why this time, but this time he has a she has a total point in that she he, does. He, he interferes with him. She interferes in the match the whole time to the point that it eventually annoys her, and then he quick counts on Helico to get the win just so he has to get off his girlfriend. Yeah, but again, she's she's inconsistent there too because for a while she's enjoying the like preferential treatment. She's like, yeah, mm -hmm. but like it's it's just like it, it feels it feels so weird to be like to just keep being like, yep, here comes Evilise to give Son of Havoc more shit, and he's just gonna keep simping for her for some reason. I keep using that word, maybe I'm overusing it, but that's just like what it feels like it is. Like he's like, extremely loyal to this to this woman who is absolutely yeah who treats and, him, and he's who, who treats and he's him like just like. He's like, that's my girl. Like, oh my god, dude, like, please stop. Can we move on? Like, I, I'm so tired so, of this. We're so close to getting to the better part of this whole arc. This is all uh, yeah, part of a larger arc that I enjoy the back half of. But we're, oh my god, we're please, oh, please make slog. it in. And it's, it's, just, such, it's such an uncomfy slog. And I'm tired yeah. of, I'm tired of disliking Angelico for this shit too. Yeah, it's it like ew, and mm. it's it's like. It feels, it feels like, as someone who is a defender of intergender wrestling, which is a mm -hmm. whole big can of worms, for <laughs> reasons I understand why it's a can of worms. Some of them, some, some, some reasons that people give about it, I don't really care for. But I also understand, like, on a visceral emotional level, why some people don't like it. But I still defend it as perfectly legitimate in the context of fake fucking wrestling. Absolutely. But it's matches like this match with Angelico and Ivelisse, and their last one too, that feels like the justification for people who don't like it. Like it, like, and it especially is annoying when we had an intergender match in the last in episode 17 with big rick and sexy star which you could also argue which you i think you could argue is like bad like you could argue why that's bad too but i also i think it that one plays a lot better as like two legitimate competitors yeah who want who just happens to be one male and one female whereas this feels more exploitative and gross 
And that's what some people think all intergender wrestling is. And so that's why I think on some, that's another reason why I think on some level, this pisses me off more is because it's, it's already something that's a little controversial that I'm taking the side on. And this is proving the people who disagree with me on this, right? See, I would say, I would say, uh, I would take a slightly different approach to that in that, like, I think the reason, the, the main reason I see whenever gender politics in sports gets brought up, uh, that people are uncomfy with it is always just like, well, there's a physical disadvantage and they're not. Yeah, okay, that, that, yeah, that stuff, I don't listen. The, when people bring that up, I don't listen to that. That's stupid. But unfortunately, Especially in the like, context of a fake sport. Well, yeah, well, that, well, that's, but, but what I'm saying is, like, that's the lion's share of the reasons I see. Like, I don't tend to mm -hmm. see a whole lot of people concerned trolling over, like, well, what if the guy sports person hits on the girl sports person? If anything, that's more, that, that, that tends more toward, like, like, oh, she's a distraction to him, which is its own other yuck thing. Mm -hmm. It almost feels to me like the way the Angelico Ivelisse fight plays out is, like, it's, what's what's the way i want to describe it it's like meme fodder for the people who are like viscerally uncomfy with intergender sports yep. stuff like like to yep. say like ah ain't it funny that she's getting that that angelico knows that this shouldn't be taken seriously and ain't he just having a good old time just messing with her and macking on her and and yeah yeah it's stupid ivalice for for wanting to fight man like that feels more like like less like a, it feels to me like slightly less slightly, slightly less like a justification just because i haven't seen a whole lot of like concern trolling about that sort of thing and more like how people who do feel uncomfy with it would then want to portray it in the media they create because like mm -hmm. um in, in order to like laugh at it basically to, to like to yeah. throw like, an implicit level of like disrespect to the proceedings. Yeah, it's yeah, I'd agree with that. And it's it's just ugh, even mm. even beyond even beyond the the viscerally, and I don't want to downplay just how just in the general sense of how like pervy and gross that part is. Cause I because mm. I don't want to make that sound like that's not important. And I'm not, and I'm only just looking at it from the perspective of like how it looks to the eyes of people who already don't like intergender wrestling. That part's also bad, but, but uh, yeah, like it's just gross and I hate everything about it. Yes. It's like, why did this happen? Why did we, why did I have, why do I have to keep seeing this? God. Yeah. So that's, that's all taken care of. And I think that's everything before the, um, before the, 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 the final, um, uh, 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 headliner of of yeah, because I don't right? we really didn't, besides the Puma stuff, I don't think we had anything in this episode that didn't culminate in a match of some sort. So yeah, convenient for us is mm -hmm. it's easy to remember whatever happened here. But yeah, so now we get to Johnny Mundo and King Cuerno, where it and at the end of episode seventeen, they uh, Cuerno is in um, Dario's office talking about this and so they're like and then dara's like all right i've listened to you listen to cuerno everybody's sick of all of, of all of this like just punching each other all over the arena stuff so here's what i'm gonna do so here we're gonna have a cage match to settle this next week and i laughed my ass off at Dario, at the way Dario introduces the idea of a cage, in that yeah. he says, "You know, in my experience, the best thing to do with someone is to stick is to stick them in a cage." 
Yeah. And, which is a clear reference to the Matanza stuff that he's yeah. doing. That in the Black Lotus arc. And it's like, oh my God, <laughs> like you brazen asshole. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like he's so cheeky. I love it. I will always. Yeah. Love yeah. It. I do too. And so Dar and so Dario offers Cuerno a cage match. And Cuerno, uh, he says that he will will um uh take he will uh decapitate mundo and mount mundo's head on dario's wall which seems extreme we can only we, we are we can't be totally sure how metaphorical he mean he how much of that is a metaphor and how the much we're is, literally there's, gonna there, do there's, it. there's a there's a point where which where which i could see dario having a taxidermied human head on his wall yeah, it fits him. Yeah, it really does. The evil bastard. Anyway, um, so so yeah, cage match. It's gonna happen, and it does happen. And oh boy, does it happen! This is the most. This is kind of an interesting little. This is like an interesting combination of both rule sets of cage matches. At this point, we've hit the full gambit on this show. Uh, Cody Rhodes and Wardlow was a straight up. You must pin the guy in the ring to yeah. win the cage. Match. Brett and Owen was a you must leave the cage to win. This match was a you could do either. Yeah. You could um, leave the cage to win, or you could just pin the guy. Which I really like those. I, mm-hmm. I, I kind of like having both as options. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I do too. Because it allows for a little more like um uh, 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 it allows for more like thematic fluidity because we talked last week about how slightly weird it was that like for the blood feud of Bret Hart for so and hard it was you have to escape the cage. Um, so if you if you have it where it's where you could do either like in that way you could you know allow for more like you can have both as options always and just have it be more narratively fitting for whatever somebody chooses. Um, yeah, you're kind of, yeah, it kind of, it kind of allows you to, to eat to have your cake and eat it too. And that like the problem with a mat, a cage mats that must end in the ring is that there's not as much incentive to do stuff on the cage, which can be visually fun kind of moments and, and a unique aspect of a cage match. But when you must end the match by leaving the cage, then you don't really have a, a a psychological incentive to like do regular wrestling moves. So you spend the whole match just kind of climbing the cage, punching each other off, climbing the cage, punching each other off, yada yada yada. Yeah, yada. Try, trying to incapacitate your your uh, opponent just enough so that you can escape. But that's about it. Yeah, by by letting you win either way, it allows you to have like real mat a real match here, but also yeah. do cage stuff. Yeah, a combination of the two, right? Um, yeah. again, both are options. Um, but yeah, um, so they go, they go to work and you do get a sense, like, thanks to these two being contained in a cage, like this is actually going to stay somewhat under control because they are just as pissed off with each other as they were when they were like fighting in the fricking mezzanine. Uh, last but now they can't do that. So I guess we're just going to have to be, have a, do a little more, be a little more controlled. Yeah, like literally, <laughs> the the match is literally done. Like when when somebody like leaves the somebody leaves the ring, and like sure the other person could follow them mm-hmm. out, but yeah, whatever. Uh, narrative. But then what is? But then what doesn't matter? It's already over. Yeah, exactly. You already took the loss. Yeah. So um, so 
there's there's this there's this kind of cool like yeah no that, that's that's legit like they're fighting inside a cage that keeps things a little more under control nice um yeah but the cage but match did what it's designed to do finally yeah, imagine that <laughs> um kept people in and out um but yeah so we get it and it of course is another great showing between the two of them um and this time again we're talking about power levels this time um uh mundo felt like really on his game i really appreciate mundo mundo's narrative ability to bounce back um like that's a that's a thing with him and that and that if like he can get really badly beaten down um and he did like like the the first time he really encounters uh uh cuerno and ernest is after his his fight with cage um <laughs> he does a cage fight with uh, featuring featuring Querno, it is a cage match with Querno. Anyway, um, uh, after after Querno shows up after his fight with Cage, um, you know he gets he gets totally shut down because he's injured and whatever. Um, and then the the next one, they're evenly matched. It ends with a double DQ, and they just keep going until both of them are sprawled out against a collapsed cage wall. Um, right. Which. Hey, shit, cage wall. God damn. Hey, was this hey, all just like was this all just like symbolic setup for them having an actual cage match? Anyway, yes. um, yes. and then in this one, they're going, they're going. Uh, they they have a pretty even back and forth, but Mundo seems to be in control for most of it. Mm-hmm. I, at least from what I could tell. Maybe I'm maybe I'm uh, speaking speaking out of line here, but I think from what I can tell, he felt he felt in control for most of it. Yeah, Mundo got Mundo got a lot in, and you could yeah. you could make uh, and the mo- and I would say the most attempted climbs up the cage. Yeah, he did. He did a lot of of, of trying to. He was happy to leave. He's not it, the one. He's not the pursuing one here. He was. He was. He was trying to get out of there. Right. Um. He's. He's really. He's really working to. Um uh to 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 win this match and of course Querno's being Querno and like I'm going to get him uh sort of thing I'm not I'm not leaving Yeah hell no Uh I wanted this I I I I want to destroy this man um and Puma's and 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 and, and Mundo's like Mundo's like no fuck you <laughs> no, I'm gonna, I'll, All right I'm gonna head out Yeah <laughs> But again, that's the nice thing about letting it letting you do both ways is literally within mm-hmm. the match, the two wrestlers can mix and match. And Muno's just Muno's just trying to be like uh he's he's trying to be like, uh, you know, I'm 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 out of here. I'm not dealing with your bullshit anymore. Bye. And of course Querno's like Querno's like, I want to destroy, and it it the the the, the mixed rule set makes it really work practically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It lets them both play to the what makes the most sense for them narratively to want to do. Mm-hmm. And uh, the end is absolutely insane. Oh my god. Okay. Oh my god. It, so, this, this is so cool. He knocks Quer- he knocks Querno off the cage because he, Mundo was trying to leave and, and Querno came up to meet him and then he and then and then uh, Mundo knocked Querno off. And again, the He's narrative the of the match leading up to this was great because, like, we've already had one segment where they're both hanging on to the cage, kind of at the top rope, and they're punching each other back and forth, and they both end up falling down. They've they've now done another one of those, but this time Mundo's able to get the upper hand just enough, and he throws Querno down on the floor while remaining on the top rope, and that was really satisfying to see. Again, yeah. this this this, uh, this had a great like build up to it. Yeah. Um, so so you're like, oh, 
wait, is he actually going to get the dub from this? And so, yeah. He and so he, he's at the top of the cage and you think, he, and they're like, you only got to do, you, you got it. It's over. And yeah. then he's like, and then, and then Mundo, he has second thoughts. He, well, he kind of pauses like, like his his, his, uh, one of his legs is resting on top of the cage. And honestly, what I thought was going to happen was they were going to play up like, oh no, leggy boy's leg is stuck on the cage and Bruno's mm -hmm. going to come get him. Oh no. But that's not what happened. <laughs> no. So Mundo, the madman, decide <laughs> to go to the top. He stands on the top corner of the cage. And Mundo and Quano's back up. And Mundo does a backflip um, corkscrew onto onto Cuerno. It's cool, even cooler than it sound than like it's cooler than what I can make it sound like it was. Mm. It was absolutely wild to see him do this. Well, again, narratively, what helps too is is that like there is this like great acting from Mundo here. There's this moment there he gets this flash in his eyes as he stops and he kind of looks back and he's like, no. You know what? I need to finish this. Mm -hmm. I'm not. Sees, I'm not playing this right way. And he sees an opportunity. Yep. Um. He now. Now that he's got like that upper hand, he's like, nope. I have a chance to finish this. And he slowly turns around. He's kind of got that like wild, uh, reckless abandon look in his eyes. And oh my god, he goes he for did. it. And Cuerno just does not stand a chance. You got nothing. And then, and, and Mundo is able to pick up the wind by pinfall inside the cage. Yeah, and that is what, we, and that is how we end off episode eighteen. Is is Mundo in victory? And it was so like literally, I literally cheered watching that moment because I did not see that coming. Every step of the way until he was declared victorious, I thought something was going to go wrong. I was waiting for Cuerno to get late for 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 Mundo's hubris to get a better of him, or for Cuerno to pull something tricky. But no, Mundo gets the win, and what a satisfying fucking win it is to see. Oh my god, did that feel good. I literally threw, my, threw up my arms and yelled, yes! It was incredible. That was one of the most satisfying match ends I've watched in a long time. No, that was, that was fantastic. That was fantastic, mm. I agree. And felt and so very earned. Yep. And so we have now reached the end of our of our two episodes this week. Uh, it's so hard. It's hard to do these kind of wrap up situations because fe I feel like I'm just going to say the same thing over and over again. Of Lucha Underground is really good, and there's a lot yeah. of really interesting storylines going on right now. Well, what's like I'm, th this? This I mean, these two episodes for me, um, like the the. It didn't. This wasn't like the most like this. And I oh God, I feel like maybe this is me repeating shit again. Like, like, or like, like, kind of watching some of these in the moment. That I had, I had moments where I was like, eh, this is like less than stellar. Like the obviously like the evil East and and Helico stuff. Ugh. Um, and like, um, and like I said, even though it narratively made sense for it, the the Phoenix versus Mil Muertes fight could have been a lot more like engaging for me personally. Mm -hmm. Um, just a lot of little things like that. But even then, um, even even when most of episode seventeen is spent in video packages, um, there's still good video packages and just everything this show has to offer. Like even when it's not like reaching insane heights for me. It just feels 
nice to watch. Something about it. It feels accessible. It feels it feels like a comfort show in a lot of ways. Something that's just it's good to watch. It's not it doesn't feel like it's dredged down in baggage. It doesn't feel like for the most part, there's all this kind of like squicky shit you have to get through to get to the most uh, to the good stuff. Again, you know, one thing accepting mm. here. Um but for the most part, this just feels like a good show to watch. Just uh, it makes me flatly happy, even in its less strong moments. Which, again, not to say this was like these were weak episodes by any means, but like mm-hmm. even in the moments where I'm where I'm being a little more critical of what's going on, or I'm like, wow, this is getting really goofy. Um, I just have a good time. I just get a good feeling while watching Lucha Underground, and that's just like the magic of it for me. Is something it has a je ne sais quoi that will that's just. Um, um, consistently enjoyable for me on a on a certain level. Yeah, I, I would agree. It's, uh, Lucha Underground is just very fun to watch. Every, Indeed. pretty much every time. Every yeah, every single time. It has it has its moments of of eh, but for the most part, every time I I so look forward to every single goddamn time we return to Boyle Heights. Every time it excites me so much. Yep. So, what are we doing next time? Uh, next time, it is time to return to WCW, where we continue the assembling of the New World Order, as they will eventually be named. Is We got Scott Hall. It's time to get Kevin Nash in on this. God damn it. All right, all right. Diesel's going to be brought in for actually good things this time. Okay, okay, I'm going to try to be nice. Yep. Okay. Oh, yeah, <laughs> Diesel, Diesel's going to be here. Yeah, because, well, the, the um, artist formerly known as Diesel. Yep. And you will come to learn that you got to look at the adjective. Okay. Uh, that'll make sense next week. Okay. Uh, yeah, uh, WCW was great last time. Let's uh, let's see what it has to offer for round two. Yep. Uh, David, hit our plugs. Yes, sir. All right, friends. Thank you once again for joining us in the wild wacky world of wrestling we are so 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 happy to have you all with us uh if this is if you are a return listener oh my gosh it's uh, a, a utter treat to have you with us once again as always we thank you for welcoming welcoming us back into your eardrums we hope it was a pleasant experience uh if you are a first time listener if you are joining us for the first time ever welcome we are elated to have you uh to have you come on uh with us as well we are a show that is here for both noobs and knockouts alike um, so whether, whether you be an experienced vet or someone who's just stumbling upon this stuff for the first time, we hope, uh, you've had a good time regardless. If you'd like to continue having a good time with us and you're not entirely sure how to do so, I will tell you, first of all, you can follow us on YouTube. We are the noobs and knockouts podcast. Subscribe to us, hit that bell. Make sure it's the nice solid gray color that, that means you're notified every time we drop a new episode. Uh, give us, give us those likes, give us those comments, uh, add us to your, your favorites playlist. Uh, check out our playlist. Austin has been so gracious as to assemble every arc we follow onto the show into its own playlist very nicely organized uh allows you to streamline a lot of things it is awesome uh, yeah. you can also find us on three of the best places to listen to your podcasts which are spotify apple and google follow us download us give us ratings all that stuff that tells the algorithm that these dudes that you're listening to are super cool maybe more people should listen to them i'm just saying um mm-hmm. 
We also have our social medias. You can follow us on Twitter at Noobs and Knox Pod. That's Noobs, the letter N, Knox nope, Pod. Uh, oh, yeah, we got it on I screen now if you're this. watching on YouTube. I cannot point to this uh, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not, that's as good as that's going to get. Abagoo. Yeah, right there. Right there, baby. Check it out. Uh, you can uh, def- definitely check us out there. We love to interact with the with the wrestling fandom community online. Uh, we we reply to a whole bunch of different accounts and just interact with people and yeah. and uh, drop drop some spicy memes. It's a great time. Uh, and, of course, uh, we, we, we post every single time we drop a new episode. And the absolute staple of our Twitter, Austin Live tweets his wrestling watching. My friend, what is on the docket coming up this week? All right. Oh my God, AEW. Let's start with well, the the wrestling show that I watch consistently, the most consistently live every single week. AEW Dynamite live on TNT at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. They are back on the road. Um, as of this, as of this recording, but not as of when this episode will drop. They will. This will be their first week back on the road after being in Jacksonville for 14 months. Uh, thank God. Uh, but this is all very exciting times as upcoming will be Fighter Fest uh, nights one and two, as well as Fight for the Fallen and as well as uh, the upcoming debut of their newest Friday night show Rampage, which I will not be live tweeting because it's Fridays at 10 p.m. I don't know if I'm going to how much how much I'm going to watch that live. Sure. But I also follow. Uh, WWE and Impact Wrestling pretty well. So we also will live, we live tweet pay-per-views of all three of those companies, WWE, NXT, uh, WWE Impact, and um, AEW. So coming up in July, uh, we have WWE Money in the Bank, uh, July 18th. And so here's what we have so far. Is so far we have the Money in the Bank ladder match for the men, featuring Ricochet, who is Prince Puma, by the way. John Morrison, who is Johnny Mundo, uh, Matt Riddle, Drew McIntyre, Big E, Kevin Owens, and two other people tuned to be determined. And the winner will get a world title opportunity whenever they want. Keyword there, whenever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's some, that's some magic of money in the bank. As it goes. Uh, the Nowadays, we also have money in the bank matches for the women. And so far, we have Asuka. Naomi, Alexa Bliss, she's been on this show now. She's very different these days. She has spooky, she has spooky magic powers now. Uh, Nikki Cross, Carmella, Zelina Vega, and two more women yet to be determined. Uh, four, we also have currently four championship matches for the WWE Championship. We got Bobby Lashley, the Almighty, versus Kofi Kingston, Kofi Mania. Let's go. I'm here for it. I know he probably won't win this one, but I really want him to. God, I, oh, it makes me so sad how much Kofi does not win when he so should every single time. Oh, I love I'm telling you, telling you, his, his, him winning the WWE title at WrestleMania a couple of years back, still a top, a top five moment in WWE in the last five years, at least. What a, what a time. Mm-hmm. Uh, then, we have for the Raw Women's Championship, Rhea Ripley versus Charlotte Flair. Uh, for the WWE Universal Championship, we have the Tribal Chief, Roman Reigns. Acknowledge Acknow- him. Yep. You got to acknowledge the head of the table. True. Against, 
against Edge. And then uh, for the SmackDown Women's Championship, we have Bianca Belair versus Bayley in an I Quit match. Uh, I don't, we haven't had that on our show before, Mm-mm. but it is a match where no rules. The only way to win is to make your opponent verbally submit and say that they quit. Ooh, okay. And it can be a very vicious match. Uh, there's a, a few infamous matches that went a little too far. I might talk, we might talk about someday, so I don't really want to give away a lot. Okay. But yeah, upcoming same weekend, the day before, as it turns out, July 17th will be Impact Slammiversary. It's their anniversary show. Who would have guessed? Uh, so far, we only have a couple matches on the card, but there are still a couple more weeks to go. A couple weeks to go. Impact likes to kind of throw a lot of their paper. They like to build storylines and then announce matches right here at the end. So, mm, yeah. So, so going for so going forward, right now we have three matches on the card. We have the belt collector Kenny Omega, named so because he is uh, the Impact World Champion, the AEW World Champion, and he is the AAA Mega Champion. Yes, that is the same title belt that Alberto El Patron is, has at this point in time in Lucha Underground. Same That's... title. <laughs> uh yeah that's interesting that he's that he's just like he's racking it all up i guess yeah he's three-time world champion he's taking on sammy callahan for the impact world championship uh for the then we have the impact x division championship match in an ultimate x match it's like a ladder match but there are scaffolds that you have to Mm. climb as opposed to climbing a ladder it's pretty fucking wild uh josh alexander versus pd williams versus trey miguel versus ace austin versus chris bay versus rohit raju we get a little bit closer i'll go in deeper about them uh and the finally we have chris saban of the motor city machine guns against moose in a singles match uh chris saban doesn't really appreciate that moose injured previously kayfabe injured him and he's (laughs) like hey man what the hell? Hey, bef- bef- hey, man, what the hell? Before you're running off to be- go try to be world t- champion, yeah, I think you should deal with me. Like, mm. how dare you, sir? <laughs> and so there more matches will inevitably be added as the show goes on. How you can watch those shows that I've just mentioned. Uh, Dynamite is again on a 8 p.m. Eastern on TNT. Or if you're, uh, if you're having a little funsies with the VPN, you can uh, use the VPN and watch a and uh, subscribe to Fight Fight uh, Fight TV, AEW Plus for five dollars a month. You can you get access to a commercial free version of AEW Live every single week. It's how I watch, to be honest. Hmm. Uh, yeah, to, to, up front there. To, I watched the commercial free cut. So then uh, a uh, WWE Money in the Bank. Every single show is on Peacock. It, you can sign up for the five dollar a month tier, which is has commercial free, which has commercials ads. I don't know if they're embedded into the show. I assume they would be, but I have never had that five dollar tier because it's only ten dollars a month to just get the get it ad free. Yeah. So with that, uh, and then uh, uh, Impact uh, Wrestling, uh, they are the, that's a legitimate pay per view. It is forty dollars on fight TV or with your local pay-per-view provider. I understand that that can be a little pricey, especially for something. If you're not, especially if, if you're kind of just explore, if you're kind of just like learning about these shows for the first time, wanting to try it out. Um, I will say that, um, 
Impact does air every week on Twitch uh, Thursdays at 8 p.m. So, you know. That's pretty dope. That's some free, re- that's some free wrestling right there. Yeah. But, but yeah, uh, I will say that Impact only runs pay-per-views four times a year. So, and I think they're always been worth the money in my book. So, but that's yeah, fun. that is uh, what is upcoming for our live tweeting. Nice. So be sure to check it out. Uh, Austin does uh, some really great work with that. He's very he's very diligent about it, and uh, the the insights, commentary, and jokes he has to offer about all of it is awesome um yeah. so be sure to check that out uh you can also uh email us we have a gmail account noobs and knockouts pod at gmail.com that's noobs the word and this time knockouts pod at gmail.com uh just send us something to say hi uh you know tell us tell us what you like about the show what you don't uh thing suggestions or ideas of things you want to see coming up things you'd enjoy hearing us discuss on this show uh just generally say hi and say how much you enjoy our delightful wonderful uh, uh honey rich sweet voices uh and all that good stuff we just For love our faces people. now we do that with now that's we have true that. that's people true how that. much how much you marvel at our, our at our brilliant uh, uh um uh transcendent mugs as it were um sure. uh, just anything to say hi we just feel free to feel free to reach out we love saying hi back all that good stuff and finally you can subscribe to us on our patreon we are the noobs and knockouts podcast also on patreon uh one dollar a month gets you early access to episodes and a shout out at the end of each episode yep see you guys next time hasta luego